Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. Bump, bump, bump. My ballot bit the dust. <laughs> I'm Gary. Uh, we're here uh, to give you a special episode. This is a bo- uh, our first bonus episode of 2019, and kind of our first episode of 2019 in general. Yeah. We're going to talk about the Golden Globes, the 2019 Golden Globes. This is uh, our hottest of hot takes because the, the show wrapped up about an hour, no, half about, an hour ago. Yeah. So this is super fresh. Uh, the show was super weird. <laughs> We're going to try to make this quick, though, because it's late, and people, man, we got to go to bed eventually, you know? Uh, but there is things we want to talk about, because this show was nothing but a dumpster fire. <laughs> and I say that in the sense of, what a bunch of weird choices and surprises. Yes. Not all bad. Some some surprises were good. Some surprises were real, real head scratchers. And other moments were just awkward. So let's start out talking about the show in general, I think. Um, this year was hosted by Andy Samberg and Sandra Oh. The show's on NBC. Andy Samberg, star of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is going to premiere on NBC this week. And Sandra Oh, uh, it, uh, Globe nominated this year for her role in Killing Eve. Also stars in Grey's Anatomy. Also which, stars in that, Grey's Anatomy. Is that on NBC? No, it's, I don't an, know. A, it's an ABC show. Oh, okay. Um... What did you guys think of think of their their hosting duo? I know when they were announced, a lot of people were like, "Huh, these are two people I like," and didn't, but it didn't ever expect together. Yeah, I thought they did a good job. I mm-hmm. thought they were good hosts. Mm-hmm. You know, they were funny when they needed to be. Honestly, they they disappeared for the second half of the show. Never saw them again. I, I they agree. did. They did what hosts, in my opinion, of these shows should do. Yeah, yeah. They, I feel like the hosts are the first thing that should get cut because these shows are going to get inevitably long. You don't necessarily need hosts. You have an announcer. You have the people that come out to the, to present the awards. But they're there to fill the time if you need it. And if you don't need it and you're running long, you cut their bits. And they did a good job when they were there. They made me laugh. Uh, the opening monologue was a little odd in times. I feel like the audience was just a little weird. Yeah, so what I was going to say about that is um, it was at times awkward. But I love that. I love awkward moments at award shows. I eat it up. It's so good. And Andy Samberg is, in my opinion, like one of the kings of being awkward and making it funny. Yeah. So when hosts make an audience um, feel awkward, that is like gold to me. Yeah. That's when the the hosts are like winning, in my opinion. Right. Because they're in control. So I think a lot of it was probably planned like that. Some of it wasn't because there were some weird things. But I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I, yeah, their monologue was was funny, in my opinion. I'm sure the internet hated it, but whatever. <laughs> I, I stopped listening to them a while back. <laughs> yeah, uh, the two things that stand out as far as like things that I thought were really funny was when they did uh, the inspirational moments, <laughs> and it was just the two clips of Andy Samberg and Sandra Oh winning Golden Globes, and then when they introduced the cast of This Is Us, when Sandra Oh said. The ne- our next presenters are the entire cast of This Is Us, and that show is notoriously known for making people cry every single episode. Yeah. And so she said, so you might want to grab the tissues, because you're going to want to masturbate to every single one of them. <laughs> and then they all... That was all unsuspected. Ca- that was very... Un- that was not something I thought she would say, because that's, that's a little risque. Yeah. And uh, then they all came out, and they were like, that's the nicest thing that anybody's ever <laughs> said. Like, I feel really good about that. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, Andrew? Uh, the only thing I'll say about the hosts is that, you know, they did a good job. That's about it. You know, it's, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing like groundbreaking. There's no, I mean, there's nothing like, you know, like ex, extraordinary that they did. You know, they won't be Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I really think if they're going to, if you're going to have any type of a duo hosting, it's going to be them two because they know how to do it. I would like to see Amy Poehler and, uh, Amy Poehler and, uh, oh, Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. Thank you. <laughs> they were great. They were, they were, were great. Uh, but other than that, you know, it was just it's just like okay, that was all right. Yeah, and it you, wasn't bad. They made a, a, a at least one joke about how the Oscars don't have a host. They said something about you know someone in this room will have to host the Oscars, and <laughs> with all the hullabaloo going around about who's going to host the Oscars or maybe no one will host the Oscars, I thought that the the Globes how they did it this year would be a good model. For the Oscars to follow in in that, just get someone who can do a monologue at the beginning because you gotta open a, a show somehow. Mm-hmm. You can't just. I feel like it would be weird to just start with. 
here's an award. Right. It needs a little bit of buffer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get a monologue, a comedian or someone to do a monologue, and then you just let presenters do the rest. Yeah. We're no longer in a realm of where uh, award shows are variety shows. Realistically... I was ready for this show to be over 30 minutes earlier. I agree. It, they, mm-hmm. they Most drag, people feel that way. They drag the second half. And unless you're going to have people who are like Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph who are just so funny. And not nothing against Sandra Oh and Andy Samberg because they are both so funny in their respective ways. But they're not at that level of Maya Rudolph Ew. and Amy Poehler where they have that kind of ki- uh, uh, chemistry. chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you're not going to do that and if you're not giving Billy Crystal the mic, if you're not giving Whoopi Goldberg the mic and, and letting these people run with it, then just exactly get a monologue and then crank out these things. Because tonight the Golden Globes went, it took an hour to give, it felt like, to give out the last four awards and the show ran over. Yeah. No. yeah. Give more time to people to talk and just crank out them things. Like, there's no need to be like, and here's the best actress in a comedy commercial. Here's the best actor in a comedy commercial. Here's the best actor in a drama commercial. Here's the best actress in a drama commercial. Here's the best motion picture for comedy commercial. Here's the best opening. Here, best picture for drama. Show's over. You didn't do that at all. You cranked out like four awards and then took a commercial. And now all of a sudden you got eight? No. Yep. Well, did anybody keep count as to how many times they saw the Walmart ad? No. Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of commercials were repeated, and that's yeah. it's just we're we're I think as a like society we're so done with commercials it's not even funny anymore. Mm, yeah. Um there was I wanted to talk about one Sandra O oh moment before the awards really got started I think toward the end of their monologue she had a really great moment where she said uh her quote was I said yes to the fear of being on this stage tonight because I wanted to be here to look out into this audience and witness this moment of change. Right now, this moment is real. Trust me, it is real because I see you and I see you, all of these faces of change, and now so will everyone else. I thought that was a really great moment. Mm-hmm. A really, um, It just brought a, a, a moment of levity, I think, to the show uh, as a lot of people look toward opportunities for more diversity in just every aspect of life. Yeah. yeah. Golden Globes has always done, I feel like, not maybe not always, but like recently, they've done a good job of having a lot of diverse nominees and shows and presenters, and they have done a better job over the course of history because it's the Hollywood Foreign Press getting that, I feel like, at least in recent memory. Maybe not in like long term, but at least in the recent memory, I feel like they were ahead of the curve of getting away from the stereotype of... Yeah. Award shows. Let's go straight to our um, favorite favorite wins of the night. Uh, like I said before, this is our, our hottest of hot takes, so we are pretty limitedly prepared for this. We we each filled out ballots. Um, they gave us a ballot. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we watched the show tonight at uh, Circle Cinema here in Tulsa, who hosted a, a great Golden Globes watch party. It was a lot of fun. I'm into that. I love any opportunity to go to Circle, so definitely, definitely do that if you ever get a chance. Man, honestly, looking at my ballot and how busted it is, my <laughs> my best win of the night is Spider Man. Yeah. So how many are there total? Twenty five. You got eight right. Yep. I got eight right. Andrew got twelve right. <laughs> With an asterisk. I always put an asterisk by your stuff. <laughs> Why does he get an a- he can't have cheated this time, right? We filled it out early. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> see his ballot. I know I know you did, but were they... Uh, do you remember what he wrote down? I don't. I, I, he was over there checking time. stuff and asking me who won stuff. That's all I know. So all I know is that he was like, who won this again? And nah, then all of a sudden I said, I got nah. eight. And he goes, oh, I got 12. This no, time I trust I, I trust the numbers this time. If huh? he were cheating, he'd have done better than 12. <laughs> he would have got a... I got it all right. Or at least like half of them. <laughs> How many did you say there were? 25. That's half. Nah, it's one under half. That's close enough. (laughs) To be... You can't get at 12 and a half, right? To be fair... Mm -hmm. I cheated. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I don't watch a lot of television. Even Netflix shows. So... Um, how I how I got twelve? I, you picked I am blown old away. Stuff you picked all the old people stuff, and that's what won the TV stuff. I, maybe I don't know. But there's <laughs> like, like no comment. You no are comment. the only person in the world that would have picked Michael Douglas to win that category. And did I, you? I, yes, I did he not. did. You said no. that you did. No, I didn't. When I, Michael I, Douglas won, you said oh, I got that one right. 
No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I mean, I got that the wrong. evidence would suggest he didn't. <laughs> you said you got that one right. I think I was talking about something else. Maybe. Michael Douglas was giving a speech? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I don't remember. That was a long ass time so ago. My, my favorite win of the night, I would say, is also Spider-Man. It made me the happiest because it really is a wonderful movie. We talked about it some in our, our last episode of the year, our year in wrap-up, how great Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is. And it wasn't expected to win, I don't think. Um, I think it made it... I still I, argue that it was. I think it made it... Well, I think it's just be, maybe because it came out so late, but all of the stuff that I had heard is that it was kind of the uh, dark horse. I mean, it's hard to beat Disney in these categories, especially when, when Disney Pixar has one and the Disney Animation Studios has one as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it was up against Incredibles 2... Which is, you know, another superhero movie right. that made a ton of money. Isle of Dogs. Um, Mir- Mirai? I haven't heard of that one. It's an it's anime. A, it's okay. an anime. And Ralph Breaks the Internet. So, uh, a very stacked category. And I couldn't, I just couldn't be more pleased that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won. I think in a night full of unworthy movies winning awards, that was a, a moment of <laughs> something deserving happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was that yours as well, Andrew, or did you no, have another favorite? I, I did it. I had two favorites. Okay. My first one was... Was one of when, them the favorite? Was it what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, the, the one I... Anyway, I'm not going to I'm not gonna get into that, but okay. like... Uh, my first my first favorite was when Mahershala Ali won. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I love Mahershala Ali more and more with every movie that he's been in. I think he's a great actor. Yeah. And the fact that he... The fact that he took it away tonight... Makes me real happy because Green Book, uh, aside from some things, is a really good movie. I I loved him in that movie. Sure, yes, it is a it's a complicated film. It's a complicated movie, and and we'll talk about that later. Mahershala Ali is, I would agree, one of my favorite actors of the moment. He's becoming more of that every time I see him in something. Yeah, I'm so excited to see his season of True Detective. I'm. Fingers crossed that he can bring that show back from the deep, deep abyss that was season two. <laughs> they, they keep they keep saying that it's going to be. I know, but anyway. So I did I did like him I, I I did like him winning that, especially looking at some of his competition in that category. Um, you know, there's there's great choices, but I do think he he was probably the best in that in that role. On that note, let's just talk about Green Book. I was surprised by how much Green Book won tonight. Same. Yeah. Green Book also took home best screenplay, uh, screenplay and best motion picture musical or comedy. <laughs> um, I, a lot of people aren't happy about, about this. Um, for, I think, good reason. There's been some controversy lately about family members of Don Shirley, who Mahershala Ali portrays in the film, saying that it wasn't very accurate and they didn't, they didn't, they just didn't think it was very accurate. And Mahershala Ali, there's, there was a Vulture article recently that said that, claimed he apologized to the family for anything that may have offended them and, and he wishes it could have been done differently. He didn't realize that, uh, I guess there were family that he could go to and to help shape his role. Um, that's not his fault. So that said, I thought this movie was going to lose some favor with, with voters, but apparently it didn't because it did take home the biggest prize of the night in its category Mm -hmm. against great films, Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Vice. I'm just, I'm kind of speechless by it. It made... I think it made all of our top ten lists. Yeah. It is an... I, I, I have a hard time even talking about it because I did like it and I did enjoy it, but I also have problems with it. And that's where I get... I don't know what to say. Uh, okay. So, was I happy that Green Book won Best Picture? No. Was I happy that Green Book won Best Screenplay? Definitely not. That I feel like that movie, I didn't feel like the screenplay was that dynamic to win to to merit an no, award. I agree with I, that. I my personal choice for that would have either been Roma or Vice. I think Vice is brilliantly written. I think Adam I think Adam McKay is a brilliant writer. 
Like, but anyway. No, but I no, agree. But, I mean, we got we've got Roma, which Andrew and I saw today, and is just incredibly written. Yes, the favorite. Weird, <laughs> yeah, no. but very well written. If Beale- Vice, pretty good. Not none of us have seen if Beale Street could talk yet, but not for lack of trying. It's just not here yet. But I've only heard good things. So, Green Book. Yeah, no, no, no. Green. I don't know why Green Book was chosen, but like, but like when when it comes to Green Book, it's a feel good movie. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you guys talked about this in the car, and it like. It's a feel-good movie. It's a true story. It actually happened. Based on a true story. It's based on a true story. Difference. Okay. All right. So in the world yeah. of film verbiage, matters. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about family members saying it's not true. So. Right. Okay. Well, my thing is, is that when it comes to true, when it comes to true stories in film, I'm not defending it. But all I'm going to say is, is that like, no movie, no movie is ever 100 percent true. I'm of course gonna, not. Of course not. I mean. It, it, I mean, it, it would just—I—I I don't know—I don't know how you describe it, but not every—not every true story is a hundred percent is a hundred percent true. My thing is, is that when it comes to Green Book winning, it definitely is a surprise. I don't think it's worthy of that. Yeah, it just feels wrong for me. I think that. Uh... I don't know the details on Don Shirley's family. I haven't looked it up. Um, but I do know that one of the screenwriters of this movie is Nick Vallelonga's son. Family members. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that the story was written based on that. Now, how much uh, research and, and whatnot went into asking the Shirley family and, and getting their point of view? See, That's the question I don't have the answer to. But I know that Vallelonga is... He's the like main screenwriter, according at least in title. Nick Vallelonga is the first build person on the screenplay. So, and he got up and spoke about how his father gave him the story. So, a lot of the story could be told from from that perspective. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. Uh, normally, I would say that I think it's it was pretty good. I don't know how the voting goes. I've said I think that based on the Hollywood Foreign Press and a lot of the stuff that they sent a message on today i feel like that some of the selections they did may have been used to in like really hammer in this message of uh, that they were trying to send out about acceptance and people can get along if they try to talk and i'm not trying to say that they picked that because of that message but when i look at what the main the president of hfpa or whatever they're called came out and said and i look at some of the winners i see a lot of similarities in what they said and the winners that they did I don't know if it's connected. It's probably not, but that's something that entered my head too. Yeah, I mean, I think all our minds started turning gears like crazy trying to figure out how this how this one. Yeah, and maybe that's just me picture. trying to connect some dots because, like, a lot of the things that you know, Green Book has been pretty well received, but I I don't keep up with the other award shows. Maybe you two do. Has it gotten any kind of love from any of the other stuff as far as like winning best pictures and things? Like well, I'm sure Mahershala did. It's gotten it, it, love, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, but like this is like the first major awards like ceremony that's been hosted. Well, yeah, but as, as far as any other as far as anything else, I don't I can't really say. Um yeah, I'm trying to look real quick at some of the other nominations it's received. Um, 31 wins so far Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen were both nominated for Screen Actors Guild Awards same at the AACTA International um, AFI winner of movie of the year Um, I'm looking through did the movie itself win any has has the movie itself AFI movie of the year besides that like any of the like the SAG award did it win that I don't think or do they give away I don't think that works that way okay I, I think that, the I SAG awards are more of an ensemble cast. That makes sense. That makes sense. It. Let me put it this way, because I can't scroll through them all. It has 71 nominations across. Right, and that doesn't surprise me. What surprises me is that it would win. Yeah. Unfor- like Andrew said, not many of these ceremonies have taken place. Yeah. So, it's, in- it's just weird. Mm-hmm. But my second surprise of the night was Alfonso Cuaron winning Best Director. That was a surprise to you? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Because 
I really thought that Bradley Cooper was going to take that home. Yeah, I think, and, and, yeah, that's fair. And, you know, like, granted, it's been less than maybe 12 hours since we saw Roma. I mean, we saw, like, like Josh and I saw Roma at, like, at like 1.30 today. And the went Golden, back for the Globes at and 7. Went, and went back for the Globes at 7. So it was still pretty fresh in our minds. So... To have that movie, you know, to have that movie just come, you know, literally win two out of three nominations is quite incredible, especially for Best Director when it's not nominated for Best Picture. I mean, it won Best... Right. I do want to make sure we're all on the same page that it is not eligible for Best Motion Picture at this award. Okay. (laughs) It's not eligible because, Because surprisingly enough, it's a foreign film. Yeah. And for some reason, the Hollywood Foreign Press doesn't think foreign films are eligible for best motion picture okay but that is why it is in the best motion picture foreign language category um it's a stupid rule but that is why it's that is why that happened it, it didn't get snubbed for best picture it is stupidly ineligible <laughs> yeah i can't weigh in because i haven't seen roma but you, bradley cooper was my pick to win but you josh used the term masterpiece when you looked came back from roma yes i I like, uh, it's fre- this is still fresh on our minds, and a lot of times my mind changes on movies after after a little bit. But I, I still think this is a masterpiece. It is just an incredible story that that Alfonso tells, and the way he tells it is remarkable. I don't know what else. Like I don't know what else to say. I think he outdirected Bradley Cooper, and that's and that is something Bradley Cooper should be like proud of, going against a seasoned director like Alfonso Cuarón, who has <laughs> directed numerous fantastic movies. Bradley Cooper having directed no movies to even be in the same category is mm-hmm. is a huge achievement for Bradley Cooper. So I don't want this to sound like he's not good enough. He's good enough, but Alfonso just no it... just really nailed this movie no uh, no like, I'm and not... i didn't want to think that no because i love a star is born mm-hmm. and i've spent the better half of a year thinking it was the best picture mm-hmm. and then here we are in the ninth inning and this movie i see this movie and my whole mind changes well uh, like so what i'm gonna say sports is, reference like thank you I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to and well done i know some things <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not one gonna time like... i said inside baseball <laughs> <laughs> i know what that means too Anyway, <laughs> but no, uh, I mean I'm not I'm not gonna like totally just like talk about Roma here, but I will say that like as far as direction is concerned, Alfonso Cuarón is such a good director. He really is, and and it, if you haven't seen this movie, it's on Netflix. Just watch it. It's really it, it like I'm yeah. Would re- would really suggest you go to a theater if you can. Yes, simply because of the cinematography. And some of the and the sound of the not, I don't want to say sound effects, just the mix. Yeah, the sound is well made, and the visuals are stunning. And I'd hate to, for people to like be watching it in bed on their phone or iPad. Yeah, don't. Yeah, try to watch it on the biggest screen possible. If you yeah. try, if you watch it on your phone, you're not going to get the full experience. No. But no, Roma, man, Roma just it it blew me away with yeah. how like with how dynamic the direction was. It was just so good. It really right. was, and to have. To have Alfonso Cuarón win again, I'm I'm cre- keeping my fingers crossed that he takes that he takes home at least Best Director at the Oscars. Yeah, because he, if there's anyone on this planet who deserves that award, it's him, and he's deserved it a multifold in the past. We actually learned today, or at least I learned. Maybe you knew it already at at, at the Circle Cinema screening of the movie. There was a Oklahoma Film Critics Circle panel afterwards. I didn't realize that. Alfonso was not the original cinematographer for the film. The there was supposed someone else was going to do it. Do you know? Do you remember his name? Yeah, it was, he was, Ma- it was Emmanuel Lubezki. Who's, or, who's or, done? Uh, he's done the Revenant. He's did the Revenant. He did Birdman. Birdman. Uh, did he do Gravity? Is that what he said? He did Gravity. So he did Children of Men. Yeah, I mean, clearly a, a very well established guy. But he couldn't do it for scheduling conflicts, I think they said. So Alfonso stepped in and, and did it himself. He was a cinematographer for his own film, director, writer. Just really well done. He was a one-man band. 
So that, and that is our TED Talk on Roma. I don't want to, <laughs> like, this is not a Roma review podcast, so I want to make sure we, we move on to other things. But that is why I'm glad it, it, it got, another is another moment of a film that deserved attention, getting the attention deserved, and it not going to something silly like Bohemian Rhapsody. We'll save that for the end. Yes. Let's not get to that yet. Okay. Uh, let's, let's do, let's hit some TV moments. Let's shake it up with some TV. I know, yeah. I know Garrett wanted to talk about TV a little bit. Which you guys you can have, talk about this. Yeah, this is a, the Garrett and Josh show now because Andrew doesn't watch TV. I want to talk about the resurgence of Jim Carrey. Okay, let's talk and about Jim Carrey. How amazing Kidding is and how much it got snubbed. I, I feel like it got snubbed. I think that it is one of the... I think that this is the best thing that Jim Carrey has done in years. Here is the question I will pose to you. Do you think, because I'm on the line about it, do you think it is truly fair to nominate Jim Carrey for best performance in a musical or comedy and not drama series? No. That Same. is not a comedy. It, it, I well, agree. It, it depends on how you look at it because it's a dark comedy. And so it depends on where a dark comedy falls. It is more dramatic because of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. There is so much depression and there is so much like deep, dark sadness in this movie, but it is also dealing with it in a humorous twisted way i feel like because and 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 things certain uh pieces get get thrown into this kind of weird um limbo Mm -hmm. where because the subject matter it is about a essentially a children's comedian it somehow is a comedy yeah and it's not it's not it is it is more of a dark comedy like you said but i can't stress enough how little I laugh at this show. It's not very funny, yeah. and it's not supposed to be. Yeah. It is a drama. It is about depression and l- grief and death, and it's very dark. Yep. So I I don't think it's fair to put him with comedians. Yeah. Or comic actors. They're not comedians, per se, but comic actors. And I would have to agree that he got snubbed, but in a weird way, because yeah. I I don't think he deserved the comedy. One. Yeah, it's weird. If you haven't seen Kidding, it is basically like if uh, Mister Rogers went off the deep end. Yeah, and and just to see Jim Carrey do this is mm-hmm. so good, and I'm glad that he's back uh, doing things again. You know, he was a part of the monologue at the beginning of the show, and he showed that he still has his comedic timing, <laughs> and he's been off the deep end. Nah, I don't want to say off the deep end, but he's been doing some things that made people go, "Is Jim okay?" Yeah. <laughs> and it showed that he, he is. He's just an eccentric little boy. Yeah. But he has done a great job. And the fact that Michael Douglas defeated Jim Carrey, Donald Glover, who is on Atlanta, which is also one of the best shows on television. Yeah. But I also question if that's a comedy. Uh, I was going to say, unfortunately, neither of us can speak to it because we have not seen the Kaminsky Method. No one here has. So I truly do not know what that show is. No. I don't know if it's a comedy per se or if it's more of a drama. I I don't know. I meant Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta? Yeah. Oh, that is a tough one. Atlanta's on the edge. I do think... Atlanta's weird because it's one of those shows where every episode is like its own unique thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're very funny and sometimes they're very dramatic and sometimes they're scary. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Perkins. Teddy Perkins is one of the scariest things on TV. It's almost like more of a... It's... I don't even know. It's like an episodic anthology show in a way. It's like hour-long Seinfeld drama. But like... So let's say... Uh, I just going off my my memory of this past season of Atlanta, Donald's best performance in the show was as Teddy Perkins. Sure, dramatic role. Yeah, not a comic role. Yeah, and here we are with the same question as Jim Carrey. Why? How do you get placed there? Yep. But then, would people be all up in arms if Atlanta got thrown into best drama series? Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. So and- that's a weird category. It is. And, and honestly, a lot of these things that I that I look at on the TV side, it's a little upsetting in a sense that um, you either have so many good people or, or there's so many avenues now for television. Yeah. And I feel like there should be, I don't want to break it up anymore, but I feel like there should be like a TV section and then a streaming section at this point in time. Perhaps that's a, a level that they get to at some point. But, like, a lot of these shows, so, like, the entire um, uh, television series and drama, 
Ozark, Netflix, Homecoming, Amazon, Bodyguard, Netflix, Pose, I don't know enough about. I think that's FX. Okay, so two of those and are on FX. Are FX, yeah. I don't no, know. That's the thing. Where broadcast television and cable are, they're just not putting out quality television is the thing. All yeah. the quality TV is being bought up by streamers and, and cable. Yeah, it is. Or being produced by in-house by HBO or something. And another problem that TV falls into is that the same things went over and over and over. I didn't watch any of the assassination of Gianni Versace. Mm-hmm. But I knew that it was going to win. You know how I knew? Because last year, Ryan Murphy... Because Ryan Murphy wins everything TV, it seems like, anymore. But because last year, American Crime Story won everything, and that was good. I'm not saying this wasn't good, but I watched the first couple of episodes completely disinterested. Yeah. Nowhere near as good, in my opinion, as OJ. And no. I knew without a doubt everything that... Almost everything that it was nominated for, it was going to win. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I I know that this is a show that has been well received and people have enjoyed, even if yeah, it won some. I mean, it won at the Emmys. It won won several times. I don't want to say that it won because Ryan Murphy always wins. I I think it won on its own merits. I think it's just a show that that is not quite for us. Maybe I think my problem is that that the TV category just gets so repetitive and predictable, and that's my problem with it. I think that you know, you and I talked off mic about how. Veep won all of the time. How Jim Parsons won all of the time. How This Is Us, which wasn't nominated this year, but wins a lot of the time. There's just so many things that win over and over and over. Rachel Brosnahan's going to win every time that she is Mrs. Maisel. And I love Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel didn't win this year, which I was surprised by. Uh, But one of the best shows on television is The Good Place. But nobody watches it, and it will never win anything. And that is a shame. It is a shame. I do think The Good Place... I do think The Good Place should have won the best comedy series. Um, uh, you know, and and I do think that we're we're hitting this, this phase where Rachel Brosnahan will probably win every year Mrs. Maisel is on the air, except for maybe next year when Veep returns and, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus is back in the running. Yeah. I think that's possible, especially because this is Veep's final season. So... I, yeah, I next year will be interesting, but you look at the competition and you got Deborah Messing from Will and Grace, who is fine. She's been nominated since that show came back, and I don't understand. Like, really, I understand. I mean, I'm sure it's. I, I'm not. I've not watched Will and Grace, but like that show immediately came back, and she was nominated all those years, and then it immediately came back, and bam, right up, yeah, right I back mean, up in there. Here's the thing, though. The same thing with Candace Bergen and Murphy Brown. True, Candace Bergen won this award during Murphy Brown's original run so many times yeah. that at first I was like, oh, they, Candace Perkins nominated for Murphy Brown again? But I wasn't surprised right? because because of the, the show's history with the Globes. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on the TV thing because like most of the shows that win over and over again are good quality TV. I just wish... That the the people that watch it would maybe expand a little more, like not add more shows in there, but don't necessarily. I feel like they get wrapped up in a sense of like, well, this is still on and this person's good in this part, but like if there's state like Jim Parsons, who he doesn't win anymore, but he won year after year after year. It seems like, but why? He got stale in like season five of The Big Bang Theory. It might, yeah, be. and. Well, here's what's weird about the uh, the Best Comedy Award. It has been a different show almost every year for the past several years. The last show to win twice in a row, to win back-to-back was Glee in 2009 and 2010. And then it didn't happen again until Desperate Housewives in 04 and 05. So this, this award, it's like they just pick a new show every year. Mm-hmm. Last year was 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 the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which was in its first season. This year was the Kaminsky Method, which was in its first season. The year before Maisel was Atlanta, which was in its first season. Mozart in the Jungle, first season. Transparent, first season. Brooklyn Nine Nine, first season. So like, there's like a, a history now of picking shows in their first season, which is interesting. That is interesting. That's all I'm going to say about that. That yeah. is interesting. Um, anything else in the TV? Uh, to, not to, really. To, Again, most of these things are like things that I haven't watched, and and most of the time I, I watch a lot of the TVs, but like I wasn't interested in a, a lot of them. Uh, I think I think for me the most upsetting that I can think of is that 
I just feel like The Good Place is never going to get the awards recognition that it deserves because it truly is the best show on television. Yeah, and and that's a, I don't know, uh, Mike sure shows do that. <laughs> yeah, they just don't like Parks and Rec, The Office. Well, he didn't. He was involved in The Office, but didn't create it. A lot of a lot of my favorite comedies don't get a lot of attention yep. at these types of awards, and that's just that's just what happens, I guess. Yeah. Oh well. There's a lot of shows that I that I was interested in and just haven't gotten to yet. So hopefully I can do that. Yeah. Okay, so back to movies. What other movie awards? Andrew can rejoin the conversation now. <laughs> any other any other big ones we want to discuss before we get to the, the, the two big ones? Well, we've already talked about best comedy with, with um, Green Book. Um, how about... <laughs> how about best actress... Stunned. In a motion picture drama. Absolutely stunned. So Lady Gaga was absolutely, I will argue with anyone who says that she wasn't expected to win. Yeah. I think she was the favorite. Yep. What shocked me was that it went to Glenn Close for The Wife, a movie I have never heard of. And we watch a lot of movies. Yeah. I would love to see it. I, I will see it now. I will find it. I don't know how, but I will find it. I do. I mean, Glenn Close is great. I love Glenn Close. Yeah. I I have nothing to base this on. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know if she was better than Lady Gaga. I don't. I truly don't. I just know she is capable. Well, I mean, so... obviously capable. I, why? Yeah, she's Glenn Close, freaking legend. Yeah. Okay. So let's. Well, given that given that we haven't seen any of the other nominees in that category. We really haven't. I mean, I'm, ne- I'm no. That's true. I haven't seen any of those movies. Yeah, like I, I mean, I just know they're all good actresses. They're all good actresses. Um, but man, Lady Gaga. Like, if if you guys haven't seen A Star Is Born yet, make it a point to go see it because Lady Gaga, who is not a, she's not an. I mean, she's not known as an actress. She's not known obviously. as an actress. I mean, she's been in a couple of things, but like she's an award-winning actress. Just throwing that out there. I'm just, but I'm just saying, like she's sure, okay, she's won a Golden Globe before. But uh, what I'm saying is, is that like she's not really a lead, and for her to do this as one of her as her first lead movie role, uh, blew me away. Yeah, and um. I can't say, like I said just a second ago, I can't You could be say, 99 people in a room and it only takes one to l- believe in you and that person was Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Apparently that's the thing that she said a lot, I guess. I don't know. That yeah, she did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to pop culture. I don't pay attention to that stuff. <laughs> she does. She did say that a lot. Um, but no, it just, yeah. it's... It's weird. Yeah. I, I, that, the, like, the lid came off the whole show at that point and the, the snakes popped out of the little... The peanut can, you know? Yeah. It was bananas from there on out, I yeah. felt like. I will say, what I feel like a lot of people were shocked uh, by Lady Gaga not winning. but And I feel like those moments can be bad because the internet is terrible. Yes. Uh, but I think Glenn Close, being the legend that she is, did a great job in handling sure. it. She sure. delivered the best speech No, of the you night could tell she was shocked. Night. She was stunned. She got up there, was crying. The first person she went and saw was Lady Gaga, and Mike was like, whoa. And she got up there, and she owned a speech about how... And I feel like that's what this... I, I don't know much about the wife, and this description that I'm reading is not helping, but it just says, A wife questions her life choices as she travels to Stockholm with her husband where he is slated to receive the Nobel Prize for Literature. Doesn't help me get any idea of what that movie's about. But I feel like, based on her speech, the movie was about how women are stereotyped into being the homemakers, and they're not supposed to have a choice, and, and, but there's really all of these different things that they can, they can do anything. And I feel like this is what this movie is about, but I don't know. Uh, but it also just leads me back to, if that is indeed what the case is, Perhaps that is the other message that leads into some of the stuff that the Hollywood Foreign Press is trying to get out there about this message of acceptance and in, in inclusion and everybody can get along and people can do everything. And that particular movie, assumingly, would fit into that more than The Stars Born. Yeah, I'm citing um, a CNN article that quoted part of... Glenn's speech and she said 
I'm thinking of my mom who really sublimated herself to my father her whole life, and in her 80s, she said to me, I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. And it was so not right, and I feel what I've learned through this whole experience is that women, we're nurturers. That's what's expected of us. We have our children, we have our husbands, if we're lucky enough, and our partners, whoever. But we have to find personal fulfillment, we have to follow our dreams, we have to say, I can do that, and I should be allowed to do that. And, it, I mean, that that speech garnered applause in our screening, yeah. in a standing ovation at the Globes. Yeah. And it was a great moment. There were I was thinking going into this recording, there were two great moments in this show, and it was that speech, and it was Sandra O's speech at the beginning about seeing the change in the room. Those were the two takeaway moments from the show for me. I have one more takeaway moment, okay. but we'll do it at the end. Okay. So, you know, it's easy for three guys to sit here and talk about this, but that is a pretty uh, powerful thing to say about um, Glenn Close talking about how women have to find personal fulfillment outside of these society-induced roles. Yeah. Gender roles. Yeah. And that's why, and I'm again, I'm not saying that it's not deserving, but I'm saying that if that is the case of this movie and the message that the Hollywood Forward Press was delivering whenever that, when the president at HFPA got up and spoke, this role, along with Green Book, along with even Bohemian Rhapsody to an extent, seemed to fit into this message that they have pushed. Not saying that these movies aren't good on their on their own, but if that is something that they were trying to do, perhaps that is something that they factored in to their voting. I don't know if they are. That's me just making this massive assumption to try to figure out how so many of these things went to such unexpected things. Yep. That's fair. I, I, I said in the car, and I still think that's giving them too much credit, but yeah. that, is a, that is a fair assumption. Uh, Rami Malek. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Josh gets angry. Uh, Rami Malek took home Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama over who I assume, again, the favorite would have been considered Bradley Cooper. Uh, so here's the thing. <laughs> That's a tough one. I saw every movie on that list but one. I did not see At Eternity's Gate with Willem Dafoe. So I will have to um, respectfully assume that he earned his nomination because I truly don't know. I know he's a great actor. But I will say, having seen A Star is Born, Boy Erased, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Black Klansman, I don't know what they were smoking (laughs) when they thought that Rami Malek's Freddie Mercury was better than any of those. I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, so I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking when they decided that that was the best... The best choice for for this award. Ah. Ah. Could it be the transformation that he underwent? Uh. Could that play? Could it be that he Rami Malek is? Uh, you want to talk about a, transformation, Bradley Cooper? He did transform. He did. But I feel like maybe, and again, I'm not seeing the movie, so I'm going in blind. Just I, I try to I try to play the devil's advocate from time to time. The fact that he underwent a massive transformation. The fact that he was able to nail scene for scene, shot for shot, that Live Aid performance that everyone who I've seen have heard seen the movie say that is one oh as close as you can get to accuracy for any kind of legendary performance. The fact that he transformed himself into such a legendary, complicated person to play. Perhaps that is something that they undertook. I do think they undertook that. I absolutely think that's what went into it. I think the others did the same thing better. The only difference is that, to my knowledge, outside of... Let me see. Where's that coming And from? as cool as it is, that Live Aid performance that's that's damn near recreated. So? Outside of Lucas <laughs> Hedges. It, well, and John David You don't think anyone could have done that? Yeah. Well, my only... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say outside, like a lot of them are are based on true people. So Lucas Hedges plays a a real person. John David Washington plays a real person. But of all of these, Freddie Mercury is the most recognizable name, obviously, because either they're um, fictional or lesser known. 
And so because he's because Freddie Mercury is Freddie Mercury, perhaps that is also something that they took into consideration. Is I've noticed it's yeah, yeah, it it's everyone, very similar with Gary Oldman everyone winning, loves Queen. winning last year. <laughs> Same thing with Gary I thought Gary Oldman did a great job, but a lot of people don't feel like he should have won for that performance. But because he was Winston Churchill and did such a good job of transforming into Winston Churchill, I feel like that's a thing that was touched on last year during this time is that it seems like if you're able to portray someone who is so well-known, you're automatically getting it. So while we're on the subject of this, I want to tell you how I feel whenever I go into into a movie theater and I watch a character like these five gentlemen, which only three of which I've seen. But, uh, but when you go into it, when I go into a movie and I see a and I see something like this, I want to be able to connect with the character. And I think to do that, to pull that off, uh, in a stroke of originality is something special. Uh, kudos to John David Washington, because I think he did, I think he did a fantastic job. Um, Bradley Cooper, was my personal choice because Bradley Cooper from the very beginning of that movie. And even though I walked in five minutes late, uh, from the very, you keep saying that like it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. No, it, I mean, it's shameful, but, but <laughs> well, but anyway, from the first time I saw him in that role, I'm like, Whoa, that is, that is not Bradley Cooper. And he, yeah, you're right. He did transform himself. He wasn't he wasn't Bradley Cooper for the remainder of the role. Bradley Cooper is like one of the best actors we have working today. Yeah, I think so too. And then comes Rami Malek, who I think does. I think he's okay. What else have you seen him in? I've not really seen him in anything else, but this doesn't merit. I mean, if this is his best thing that he's ever done, okay. But it's not. He's in a very successful, very critically acclaimed yeah. television show Called on Mr. USA. Robot. Right. So, and and I've not seen that. And and again, I'm only playing devil's advocate, so I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. I like to play devil's advocate because I'm good at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are not. No, <laughs> you're not now. <laughs> but you said that Bradley Cooper is one of the best actors. I would agree because of because of the range that he's able to show. Why not Rami Malek in that same category if he's able to play one character this way on Mr. Robot? who is also critically acclaimed very good and completely transform himself into somebody else that is a legend and do a good job based on all of the counts from both of you who said every, that the best because, character or best part of that movie is Rami Malek. And every my, time I'm going to say he didn't do it better than Bradley Cooper. That's fine. They that's did fine. the same thing and he did it worse. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> every my, time. My problem with Rami Malek is, is that I didn't connect with him. I didn't connect with the character. I just knew it's like, oh, it's Freddie Mercury. Okay, whatever. You know, oh, it's Freddie Mercury. Okay, he's going to go on doing Live Aid and he's going to continue living his life. Did you have that same did you have that same thought when Gary Oldham played Winston Churchill last year? No. Because that's that's similar. He's playing a I think, character I think, that you I'm knew gonna, all I think of the stuff. It's, I don't think it's fair to to drag other shows into it. I really truly don't. And I think that's a losing argument. That's fine. I'm just trying to say, if you're throwing those categories out there, you already know everything that you especially already know everything that Winston Churchill is going to do. So none of that, nothing in that movie should have surprised you. You should have known exactly everything that he was going to do. But my problem here is that I just didn't connect with Rami Malek. I just didn't connect with Freddie Mercury because I it it went. Granted, it went in a different direction. I thought the I thought the musical the musical arrangements were great. I love how they how they constructed bohemian rhapsody that's really about the interesting part of that movie to me anyway the last 20 minutes of live aid were great other than that don't really care about it it's just like oh okay well whatever you know we got a we got a biopic of Freddie mercury's life and i I just i don't know it's just it's just not there for me yeah it really it really is a star is born for me because like well, anyway. I would agree with your take of, of Rami Malek's performance. I wasn't engaged by it. No. I just wasn't. Music was okay. I love Queen. This movie? Yeah, they got he got a lot of the look down. Mm-hmm. He got the sound down. He got a lot of his mannerisms down. Didn't engage with me. Nope. The 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 emotional pull was not there. 
and that's yeah that's why i wouldn't go with him i he was the best part of that movie i guess <laughs> that's yeah that's all i have to say about that yeah i agree one of these days i'll see it but until then i just i just like to i just like to piss you off i really just can't i just don't recommend it no i just <laughs> no i mean i'm I... really kind of floored that people love it some people like this is not everyone this... I, the general reaction that i have seen grazing the internet is that this was a bad choice well like <laughs> my only thing is is that like this this is like a saturday afternoon matinee like it's not even like it's not like it's not like friday night special or anything. like in a lot of it's not even the movie's fault and we're pretty much now transitioning into the fact that it won best best motion picture drama so let's just go there um, I also want to predict before we get too deep. I want to I want to say that I predicted Rami Malek winning just based on the craziness of how the show went. I, when they were going through there, they listed him, and I just they they showed Rami because who I thought would be the last person to win. Nothing again, nothing against him. Have not seen mm-hmm. it, but based on this lineup, I I didn't think that he stood a chance, and I just jokingly said he's gonna win, and then boom. And and to to bring some context to the audience, you also did that a few other times, and that was the only one you were right on. Yep. So, you're no Nostradamus. Nope. You're nope. definitely not. <laughs> Even though you got a few more than we did. Uh, so, Bohemian Rhapsody won Best Motion Picture Drama against Black Panther, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. All movies that are even especially especially i'm gonna say i was gonna say even black panther which is seen as just as a comic book movie definitely black panther is better oh yeah the, bohemian rhapsody has such a troubled history of production it has been trying to be made for years uh, sasha baron cohen was originally attached to play freddie mercury years ago it went through so many problems brian singer was the director for most of the time in this movie he was fired because he was not good he didn't show up a lot. He was just not... He... he Google it. <laughs> not going to get into it. Google it. Brian Singer was fired from this movie. And it was finished by somebody else. That's important to note. And that is why I think it is such a mess of a film. It is weird at times. In not good ways. I think it's a little disjointed. Would you agree, Andrew? Yeah, because it's... I don't know what story it's wanting to tell. Yeah, I mean, I'm... The I, story it does tell isn't true. It, see, this 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 is the one thing I will I will have to say about biopics this year. Biopics, biopics, I don't biopics, care. Biopics, yeah. Biopics, whatever. Yeah, I guess what. Is that we've, we've had... We've had several run-ins tonight, or this past year... With biopics who want to tell a story but don't know which side to tell it on, and this is one of those movies because mm-hmm. halfway through it's just like, oh, we're gonna hear the story of Queen. Oh, wait a minute, we're gonna hear the story of we're gonna hear the story of Freddie Mercury. Oh, wait a minute, we're back to Queen. Yeah. Okay, we're back to we're back to uh, Freddie. Freddie, and the same, you know, the other movie I would say that is First Man. Well, we're not gonna talk about that, <laughs> but. Damn near same co- uh, uh, formula there, but anyway. Sure. Anyway, I I'm just all, think I won't shut up now. Queen deserves a better movie. Queen and Freddie Mercury deserve a better movie than that. And and I say that knowing full well that two original members of Queen were involved in the in the in the production process. I did like listening to Queen music in the theater on the on the sound system. It sounded that great. Was fun. I just I think I saw it. Did you see it in the IMAX? Yes. Okay. No, wait, I don't remember. Okay. I actually, I truly don't remember. I don't think I did. Now that I, now that I think about it, I just would have, would have picked literally anyone, literally anyone else, any other movie. And we ended up with both, be, both best motion picture winners, Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book, being films that after their release have been accused of inaccuracies. Um. And the, the Bohemian Rhapsody ones are provable. The Green Book ones are based on accusations made by family members of Don Shirley. Mm-hmm. So you got to take their word for what it's worth and look into that and, and and find out what went wrong there. Bohemian Rhapsody is stuff you can Google and find out that that stuff didn't happen uh-huh. the way that they say it did. 
And it's more of just, you know, a lot of times these movies inspired by and based on true stories will alter reality a little bit to make stories more interesting. I mean, if you, if Queen's story isn't interesting enough without changing it, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. How is Queen's story not interesting sure. without being altered? I just don't get it. No. I just don't. I don't get it. It's weird. So, <laughs> these are two movies that I don't think anyone expected to go in to the Oscars with serious buzz. Now they will have to based simply on this award. Do we think that that holds true still? So, I... It's always been told that the Golden Globes is basically like a precursor to the Oscars. And usually what wins here is going to win there and blah, blah, blah. But I look at some of this and I truly don't think... I know that there's 10, but I truly don't think that Bohemian Rhapsody is going to be nominated for Best Picture. I don't. Uh, I don't think so. I think Green Book will. Um, I think they both will. I don't think Rami Malek will be nominated for Best Actor. I do. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, fortunately, I absolutely think he will lose to Christian Bale. But yeah. I, yeah, now I do. Well, because if you look at the, so let's, so, I, I, I don't know. You, you've got Bradley Cooper, who will likely be nominated. John David Washington should be. Lucas Hedges. Christian Bale. And then you think that he would get the nod over Vigo or Mahershala, Willem Dafoe, or, uh, I don't know enough about John C. Riley's performance in Stan and Ollie to, to warrant that but like you think that they'll give it to Rami Malek the fifth slot over th- all of those guys I think it's possible see here's what I'm going to say about the Oscars especially with acting especially with uh, the acting categories it is highly unpredictable yes, especially with the nominations true. because last year did anyone and I mean did anyone uh, like count on Denzel Washington being nominated for Roman J. Israel Esquire? no no um, one did that's true. And look what happened. He got nominated. Yeah, and, that's true. And that just came out of left field. That came out of complete left field. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, honestly, I, I see, I mean, we could talk about this till we're blue in the face. Yeah, I think a lot of the times, I'm talking about the pick, best picture in particular, a lot of the times it looks like, you know, I'm not looking through every year. But it looks like, at minimum, the winner of those categories is not is at least nominated sure. for Best Picture. I mean, last year was three billboards in the drama category and um, Lady Bird in the comedy category. And both of those were nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Well, both of those deserved it. I th- yeah, no, I agree. I know that there's some controversy about three billboards and people didn't like that one as much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're wrong. Before yeah. that, it was The Martian and Moonlight. Both, both warranted. Mm-hmm. Before that, the Grand Budapest Hotel and the Revenant. So, there's some precedent for at least nominations going sure. forward. It's going to be interesting. We got a couple weeks, I think, until Oscar nominations drop. Uh, yep. Um, Circle's doing know. another one, uh, another viewing party. They did a good job today. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I have two more things that I want to bring up. Yes. Uh, one of my other big takeaway things was the Carol Burnett Award. Mm. I thought that was great. Uh, they have the Cecil, Cecil B. DeMille Award uh, that they've given away for years for recognition in movie career. Uh, yeah. They never really did anything for TV. And so when you think of Carol Burnett and everything that she has done for television, and they're going to recognize people for their work in television because they deserve it. I mean, Carol Burnett connects with everyone still to this day. Even if you don't know, she's not as you know, mainstream, I guess, but people still know who she is and they still laugh at her skits. And for her to be recognized for her, the work that she's done and the speech that she gave was one of my favorite parts of the night. Mm. And then again, Jeff Bridges walks away with the Cecil B. DeMille Award. He is always interesting. Every time (laughs) he speaks, you never know what the man's going to say. You never know what planet the man's on. (laughs) But he is a very interesting guy. And so I think I think that both of them well deserved. I'm excited that TV is getting a lifetime achievement award. Essentially, they deserve it because really the Golden Globes. Well, they they have the Emmys. That's not true. But they uh, they 
for her to, to be the first recipient and the, the name holder of that award, I'm excited for. Thoughts on Carol Burnett? National treasure. No, I think she earned it. I don't know what else to say. That, other than uh, that, no, national that, treasure. You, you pretty much said I'm it all. Le- I, 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 I hope it. that they uh, stick to her, um, the bar that she has held in the future when when giving this out, giving this award out. I think that really. is the danger that you can run in with TV. <clears throat> um, I think that I'm going to use Steve Carell because he presented the award. He is a legend for one show and now is a movie star. If he comes back to TV, great. I could see him winning an award for that. Winning, like being recognized for a lifetime achievement in television or whatever. But would it be warranted? I feel like it's somebody that should be able to It's going to be. It's TV. And I don't, I would think it wouldn't be somebody like fresh and new. It's going to be like, I've said this before, I've mentioned her already. It's going to be someone like Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Who right. Is, who, is, who has been around for a long time. Yes. And has proven she is worthy of a Carol Burnett style award. Agreed. That's the kind of direction they should go. Yes, but my concern is, as he gets farther down the line, will someone like Steve Carell, who is a legend for one part, be someone that gets that award? Because to me, I mean, that's assuming that he stays that way, right? Like if he comes the, back, the and office does more is still TV. fresh in terms of the length of time it would take to do that. Like you go back to to the early 2000s and you'd say Julia Louis-Dreyfus what the Seinfeld girl right but look at what she's done since Seinfeld yeah exactly but that was all in TV I'm saying that if Steve Carell never comes back to TV but because of the what he portrayed and the legend that is The Office Mm -hmm. would he be someone that should be considered I would agree Uh, but my concern is that they would do it well I mean like Given that he was on The Daily Show for a long time. Well, that too. And also he was, was he involved with SNL? I mean, he was involved with SNL. He wasn't on SNL. That I don't know. I, I mean, know, he, he was involved. A couple of times, I he, think. But, but, but I mean, you know, he was involved in bits and pieces of it. I know he was like he was involved with like Saturday TV Funhouse. Oh, yeah. And so was Stephen Colbert. Right. But I don't know. I mean, even Carol Burnett, they showed, they showed uh, montages from her film career. True. So I don't know. It'd just be interesting to see what they do with it. I'm excited for it. I'm happy that they're getting it. Yeah. TV deserves a lifetime achievement award. Dang it. Anything else that we want to touch on before we end our short episode that ended up being the, about the same length as all of our episodes? <laughs> Whoops. Uh, nope. I don't think so either. That was weird. It was fun. It was frustrating. <laughs> it was all these things that the Golden Globes always are. It's, you know... We ta- we we talk like this is serious business on the, uh, but it's not, and we know it's not. It's just fun. They're movies. People people roll their eyes and be like, "Why do you even care about award shows? They're fun." Don't be the person who gets mad at someone. Why do you care about your football? And that's what I would return with. Like this is my football. Leave us artsy people alone. We'll leave the sporty people alone. And sometimes we cross over. Yeah, I like both. <laughs> you I like, like both. I watch exactly. the football game and the award show. Exactly. That was a great day for me. So I just want to say that because there are inevitably always people who roll their eyes at award shows and go, ah, it's just rich people congratulating themselves. But dang it, I like appreciating art. I think that was done a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) Not as often as it should have been. But I was thinking, I want to say it was during that Carol Burnett. It was either during the Carol Burnett portion or the Jeff Bridges portion where I thought, man, art is one of the only things humans do right most of the time, I think. We're really good at art and everything else. We're we're just not good at. <laughs> just not good at. As long it. as it's not Holmes and Watson. Well, sure. That's why, like, you gotta look at the uh, the your, your range, your your creative range. Art art can be really powerful, and there's yeah, in my in my life that is relatively short compared to other <laughs> other more established people. I agree. Nothing moves me more than art and that's why i like to talk about it sure that was a rousing response (laughs) sure (laughs) it's a home run here i am trying to pour out my heart at midnight about why i love art and talking about the golden globes and he goes sure (laughs) i was gonna say your car moves you more than the art does ah bah humbug to that (laughs) anyway 
That's why we're here. That's why we talk about movies. That's why we're doing this. Because if we didn't have art, admit it, we'd all go crazy. Amen. With that said, we are done. (laughs) Max over there, our dog mascot of the show, just snored. I don't know if anyone heard it. He is very done. (laughs) We are going to take a break for just a few weeks, I believe, and come back for season two in the beginning of February to mark our one-year anniversary as a podcast. So that's pretty cool. We don't know what we're doing yet, so that'll be a surprise that we'll announce soon. I hope it's something good. (laughs) But we're excited to, to rev up for season two of the show. Since this is the last time we'll talk for a few weeks, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Whoever out there is listening, we're glad that you do. We love you. We love you. Uh, you're my favorite people <laughs> and my best friends. <laughs> and if I see any of you individually, yes, I do like you more. I just will. I just want to say that uh, you all have been great listeners. We we appreciate it so much. Um, please stick around because we got a lot more coming for you. Yeah, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have some fun with this. Y'all can do what you want. Would, do you have any words to give to our loyal audience? Whatever. Live your lives. <laughs> what are you, Oprah? Oprah would be more uplifting. I was trying That's to be true. like a, I was trying to be a downer there. Yeah. What else is new? All right. Well, again, thanks for listening to our show for the first year. We'll be back in a few weeks with more. Find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels. On Instagram, just search so many sequels pod. And uh, hopefully in a few weeks, I can tell you some other places you can find us. But until then, tell your friends to subscribe, rate and review, and whatever whatever people do on iTunes. See you next month.